What's going on, everyone? You're tuning into another podcast episode of Sports Talk today with JJ. My name is Jason Joseph, and if you're listening to me on YouTube for the first time, make sure that you like this podcast, subscribe to my channel, hit that notification bell icon, and comment at the end of this podcast. And if you're listening to me on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor, or any of those podcasting platforms, make sure that you leave me a review and that you email sportstalkwithjj at gmail.com. The email is also down below in the description link if you're listening to me on YouTube, and you can also find the other podcasting links there as well. There's just so much to talk about, and honestly, I'm really not feeling so well. Last night, I was feeling very happy, and I was so hyped, and I was so energetic, and I was just pumped after I saw an amazing performance by Zach Wheeler. And seeing that he got it going yesterday, the Phillies offense also came alive yesterday later on in the game. And I just expected the Phillies to continue to come into today's game and dominate on the batting side and on the mound too. Now, did I expect Vince Velasquez to go out there and dominate the game like what Zach Wheeler did yesterday afternoon? No, not necessarily. But did I expect him to go five innings today and only allow maybe a few earned runs? and have at least five strikeouts? Yes, I did. I did expect that. And you know what? Everything started off great. This is what I hate about the Phillies, because I'm a diehard fan of this team, but sometimes they just lure me in. And I just get hypnotized and hyped, and I feel 93% confident that they're going to win games like these, because they're off to a great start, and then somehow they just blow it. That's just what happens. This game actually took a turn for the worse, and the Phillies, who I thought had every right to win this series coming into this last game, even after the first inning, they just ended up having no right whatsoever to win this game at all. They flat out blew it, and they deserved to lose. Not only did Don Mattingly have to make a late switch, and by late I mean almost last minute to switch and replace Jose Urena, who was supposed to be the starting pitcher for today's game, and instead right-handed pitcher Robert Duggar had to make the start for today's game because Urena just wasn't available because he got tested positive for coronavirus, and also, not only that, but Don Mattingly also had to make adjustments to the lineup because Garrett Cooper and Hansel Ramirez also got tested positive too. Now, obviously, I'm really hoping that none of the Phillies players get it, of course. That, that's that's a little bit concerning to me, but even without those guys, the Marlins just showed up. Their bats showed up. Miguel Rojas continued to kill the Phillies today, and it was just disgusting. He would have hit the cycle if he would have gotten a double, and it didn't matter if he was batting 7th, 8th, or ninth or wherever he was. Throughout the series, he just flat out dominated the Phillies. He was just a hitting machine, and he was hitting the ball all over the place. Today, he had a 3-run home run, and had an opposite field RBI triple, and even had a nice shot up the middle. But see, it wasn't just Rojas who killed the Phillies today, but also Aguilar, Dickerson, and Anderson, they all hit home runs. And even Magnerius Sieta had himself a fantastic game. He went two for three, and he had a triple, and he walked, and he had, I think he had three RBIs in this game. And the pitching just had no answers to this offense. They just couldn't stop the bleeding and put the band-aid on. And that was just awful. So let me just give a little recap of what happened in this game. A lot of stuff to talk about, and Look, 
not everything was bad. Some players offensively had a really nice game. The pitching, that's just a completely different story, except for Hector Neris, who finally put a blanket on this Marlins team and didn't allow them to score any runs, but that was only through two-thirds of an inning. In the first inning, everything looked great. Vince had everything going for him in the first inning, and something that Joe Girardi mentioned that was throughout spring training and even through summer camp was that he's been trying to encourage Vince not to only be a two-pitch pitcher. His fastball can be dominant, but eventually when you're throwing 94, 94, 94, 94, 95, 94, and you're locating those pitches in the same spot, well, guess what? You're going to get beat. And something that Joe really liked was that he was throwing his slider more, which was his secondary pitch, and the curveball and the changeup he was starting to utilize more too. And in the first inning, they actually looked really sharp. Those pitches looked great. He picked off two base runners today. Now, that's a whole other story, but one of them was Jonathan Villar in the first inning. And after, I think it was Vince, yeah, Vince committed like an error, and Villar was able to get on, but he just had it going in the first inning. Now, the Phillies had a 4-0 lead after the bottom of the first, and I'll talk a little bit more about the offense in just a little bit, but right now, I want to focus on the pitching side, because this played a very vital part in today's game. So going into the second inning, the Phillies were up 4-0, and you would think that maybe this would help Vince. Maybe this would take some of the stress away, maybe this would just make things so much easier, but it just didn't. In the second inning, he actually ended up giving up two home runs. One was a leadoff home run to Jesus Aguilar, and that pitch was over the outside part of the play. It was a slider that was just hanging in the zone, and Jesus Aguilar can just hit that any day. I mean, he's just such a big power hitter, and he was able to just drive that into right center field like nobody else could because he's just so strong. And eventually, he gives up a single to Isaiah Diaz, and the guy who just comes up to the plate for the Marlins, Miguel Rojas, who's just so hot, he comes up and he rips a pitch to left field, and it ends up being a three-run home run, and he ties the game up 4-4. to So all the runs that the Phillies scored in the bottom of the first didn't mean much at all. And just in an instant, it was just a brand new game. And he settles down in the third inning, but Joe had to do what he had to do. He had to, make, he had to take him out of the game because he was already at 60 pitches in just the third inning, and that second inning just cost Vince big time. So his afternoon would be done after three innings, and he would just allow four earned runs on three hits, a hit batter, and a walk, and it just clearly wasn't his day at all. He looked awful. And just as you think things are potentially going to get better, well... Things just got much worse after that. I was just thinking to myself, you know, Jason, I really don't know. You talked about this bullpen a lot and how concerning it is to you because you just can't rely on anyone. And if there's anything I saw from today's game pitching-wise, it is how much of a nightmare this bullpen can be. The Phillies used four pitchers that pitched a total of six innings. They allowed nine hits, seven earned runs, and only struck out four batters. Just a pathetic overall performance from the bullpen, except for Hector Neris, who got the last two outs of the ninth inning for the Phillies. But Cole Irvin? Awful. Reggie McLean? Awful. And Nick Pavetta, who just thinks that he could be a starter on this team? Not a terrible day for him, but definitely not a good one either. It was just 
just wasn't the bullpen's day at all. It was a total mess. I know that this is just one game, but I'm sorry, every game counts, especially because of the shortened season, and we all know that pitching in this league is what makes teams go far and have big playoff runs. That's what sports is all about. The more depth you have, the more likely you have a shot of winning a ring. Okay, the Eagles. One of the reasons why they won the Super Bowl back in 2018 was because of Nick Foles as their backup quarterback. In basketball, the Golden State Warriors have had great playoff runs because of their depth. You know, they have KD, Steph, Clay. They had all those guys. And then also, it went all the way down to Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala, and Draymond Green. Hockey, the same thing. You know why the Capitals won the Stanley Cup last year? Because they almost had no flaws on that roster. Holpe, a phenomenal goalie, Ovechkin, arguably one of the best wing players of all time, John Carlson, phenomenal defensive player, and then they had Kempney and Kuznetsov at center, and just guys who were just so dominant in the second and third unit. Their roster was just so deep, and in baseball, it's the same thing. But especially with pitching, you need a ton of depth. And the Phillies just don't have that out of the bullpen. There's no one in the Phillies bullpen that I can just say, oh, this guy will get the job done and get out of a jam once he comes in to pitch. I can't say that about anyone who pitches for the Phillies in relief. I just can't. And I wish I could. So Cole Irvin comes in during the fourth inning. Miguel Rojas gets a run in on an opposite field, RBI triple, and then Sierra comes up to bat and he gets an RBI double. Cervelli actually led off the inning and he hit a bullet to Didi Gregorius and he just leaped in the air and made a phenomenal catch. But that could have been trouble. And in the fifth inning, Girardi stuck with him. And I understood why he did it, but I personally just would have went with somebody like Austin Davis or maybe somebody like Ranger Suarez. That's just my opinion. But Girardi stuck with Irvin, and more trouble came in the fifth inning. And finally, after he took him out, Joe puts in Reggie McLean with runners on first and second. And Brian Anderson just opens the game up at that point for the Marlins as he hits an opposite field three-run home run. And at that point, they were up 9-5. to five. Then eventually we see Nick Pavetta come in. And after Birdie flies out, Corey Dickerson comes up in the next at-bat. And I see this hanging curveball that's over the middle of the plate. And Corey Dickerson just swings at that as if it was just like batting practice or if he's hitting outside of his backyard. And he hits this 423-foot bomb to right field and that was just pathetic so Nick Pavetta only lasted about three and a third of an inning and he only allowed two runs on two hits but he got a little bit lucky because there were some hard shots that were hit in the top of the seventh inning and he was just able to get away with those but finally in the ninth inning Hector came in and he threw two-thirds of an inning and actually got Miguel Rojas to strike out but yeah overall a lot of concerns about the bullpen and it was just disgraceful. You would think that if these pitchers are coming in to pitch for the starting pitcher and the starting pitcher just didn't have his stuff, you would think that the bullpen would be more reliable. But it was just as bad as the starting pitching, and probably you could even say that he was even worse. So I'm just really confused, and I'm baffled by it, and I'm just not happy. Going forward, the Phillies really do have a lot to figure out with this bullpen. And Matt Quentak is going to have to make a move. 
He's just going to have to do something. If the Phillies want to go deep into the playoffs this year, and they say that they're ready to go to the playoffs, well, they got to show me. They have to show me. And the bullpen, especially today, did not show me that. So let's switch gears and let's talk about the hitting side of things. Look, six runs on the offensive side looks great. To start the game off, the Phillies actually scored four runs, and it looked like they were going to bury the Marlins, okay? A leadoff opposite field single from Adam Hazley, who actually had himself a tremendous game today. He had four hits, and he was actually able to get on base five times. Then Reese Hoskins hits like this one-handed swing, which actually turns out to be a double in left field, and that was followed up by a Bryce Harper three-run laser to right field. So that put the Phillies up three to nothing. And then with two outs, Gene Segura has a single, and then Jay Bruce hits this shot to left center field, and it goes off the wall, and he ends up getting an RBI triple out of it. Jay Bruce was hustling, man. He was hustling into third base, and he also had himself a double where he just hustled into second, too. He was running out there, and you just love to see the hustle out of him. So he had himself a great day. I was very impressed by that, but after they scored these four runs, They only scored two more runs throughout the rest of the game. And it wasn't like they didn't have any opportunities to do something about it. They left the bases loaded in the 6th, the 7th, and the 8th inning. And they only got one run home during that stretch. So as far as the offense goes, the biggest headline throughout this game was that they were 2 for 13 with runners in scoring position. I'm sorry, but that's not good enough. Segura had himself an opportunity twice to knock in some runners with the bases loaded. JT too. And neither of them could just come through. Jay Bruce had an opportunity and he flied out to right field. And even Bryce, who just pops up on the first pitch in his at-bat in the bottom of the eighth inning. After Reese Hoskins gets his third walk of the game, just completely unacceptable. You just don't swing at the first pitch with the bases loaded in the bottom of the eighth inning when you're down by five runs. That's a big no-no. Unless you know it's your pitch, okay? You're the franchise leader of this team, and you have to be the one producing during clutch moments. And he himself couldn't even do that in the eighth inning. I would have been happy if he would have even just got a sacrifice fly, hit a fly ball to the center field, a deep fly ball, and just get a run home that way, I'll take that over a pop-up or something like that. That was just flat-out unacceptable. So yes, the lineup did score runs, and it was beautiful to see it early on, but the fact that they didn't produce when it mattered the most, and that they left the bases loaded a gazillion amount of times, that's upsetting. Yes, it's important to get base runners on, but you also got to bring them home and you got to just knock those runners in. These kinds of things are going to hurt the Phillies because if the team is built around this dynamic offensive lineup, they just got to prove it. They got to show it during big time moments and put up clutch at bats. And that's just something that they're going to have to do. And it's kind of concerning to me. So the Phillies lose 2 out of 3 to the Marlins. It's not going to get any easier tomorrow when they start a split series against the New York Yankees. I'm really hoping for the best. 
Jay Happ takes the mound tomorrow for the Yankees. He's a former Philly. I don't think he's ever pitched at Citizens Bank Park since he last played for the Phillies. This will be interesting to see. Jake Arrieta is taking the mound tomorrow too. What's he going to look like? How will he do against this tough Yankees lineup? Joe Girardi and Didi Gregorius going up against their former teams? How's that going to feel? We also get to see guys like Stanton, Judge, Glaber Torres, DJ LeMayhew, Brett Gardner, Garrett Cole eventually, and probably even Aroldis Chapman. Can the Phillies still get a couple of wins against those big boys? I know it's a brand new series, but this series against the Marlins, this flat-out game against the Marlins, just did not put a good taste in my mouth at all. It just didn't. And it actually left me with a lot of questions rather than just optimism. So, we'll just have to see. 7.05 p.m. start at Citizens Bank Park tomorrow, and it's going to be an interesting series. Today's game was just one game, and there's still 57 more games to go, so anything can happen. And maybe the Phillies will do well against the Yankees. I don't know. I'm hoping that they do. But I look at the Miami Marlins, and in their last 23 games, the Phillies, they're 10-13 and 13 against the Marlins. This team is not scared of the Phillies. They think that they're just as good, if not better, than the Phillies. And the Phillies just have to dominate these bottom feeder teams in order for them to at least go far into the season. So that just makes me question if they can even do that against the top-tier teams. And we'll just have to see. What are your thoughts on this game? How do you think Vince Velasquez did what do you guys think could have went better about this? Do you guys think actually went really well about this game? I'm, I'm all ears. I want to hear from you guys because there's just so much to talk about with this team. Let me know what your thoughts are down below in the comments section if you're listening to me on YouTube. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other podcasting platform, be sure to leave me a review and that you email sportstalkwithjj at gmail.com. And also, please subscribe and like this podcast if you're listening to me on YouTube. This is Sports Talk Today with JJ. My name is Jason Joseph. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I hope you guys have a great night.